Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Now, let's bring in our guest um, who's been patiently waiting while we uh, shoot shoot the, you know. And um, this this man's written so many books, I I can't tell you. Um, Where do you start? I know. (laughs) Too many books and uh, not enough time. That's what I always say. So uh, now, Fred Rosen, um, thank you for sitting in with us today. Well, th- th- thank you, Al. Thank you, Kevin. And I got to tell you something. <laughs> I, uh, I have a Roger Stone story, if you don't mind. Oh, I, 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 I and it's an in-person story, and it never. I never thought it would be relevant to this. You know, to until in the today. Well, you know what. Two years ago, on the anniversary of JFK's assassination, like, what is it? I think that's the 22nd. I always get mixed up. The 22nd or the 23rd. I think 23rd, um, but yeah. 23rd, okay. Gerald Ger- uh, uh, Posner, who's, who you guys know, I think he's been a guest with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I know him, and he, he had, you know, he wrote Case Closed about the Kennedy assassination proving that Oswald had done it alone. And he's debating a guy named Roger Stone, who yeah. has a book out, a book out where he claims that LBJ orchestrated the assassination. I am, and I am listening to this guy. 
okay? And I realize he's there to sell a book. I mean, you know, I, I do that. But, it's, you know, there's a big difference between selling something that's honest and selling something that's dishonest, especially if you know it's dishonest. And the bottom line is I got such bad vibes off this guy. I couldn't last very long. I mean, I just, I felt creeped out, okay? I'm just telling you. I'm just reporting. That's it. By, by you know? Roger? You feel creeped yes. out by Roger? Well, yes, I, think... I Yes, I did. I didn't, the vibes were so, it was like I'm watching a con, you know, it was like, you know, a guy, a guy who's a con man in front of everybody and is making money at it. You know, I, I had a big problem with that. Yeah, I think, you know? I think Roger has that air about him, and uh, you know, right back to um, Nixon and 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 him pulling off dirty yeah. tricks, right, making up, yeah. you know, things to pull off. So, if you make your living out of that, and people that know him from that, like I can yeah. never take it. Yeah. I can never take him serious. He's been on the show a couple times, I, and he knows <laughs> I can't take him serious because he's he, he made his living off of making up events to to shock people in the 70s and 80s and and he did he did it very well yeah but, well uh, you know where do, how how do you know when to trust him and when not that that's kind of where i draw the line well, it's like well the, 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 that's why our justice department is looking into it <laughs> no <laughs> you know I, 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 think, hey, that's what, I think you know, it's just because what, you're you're part of the deep state Fred. that's all it is <laughs> Oh, that, oh, that was good. That was good. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just figured I was just going to talk books, but deep, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really part of the deep state. Yeah, you know I'm what? Part I'll, of the I'll deep tell you state. something. I, I'll tell you something. Uh, I'll, I'll just, uh, I, I, my definition of journalism was something that I heard Carl Bernstein say on a cruise from New York to London, and at that point it was in the 80s, and I was I was writing travel stories. So I, you know, I, I, it was pretty cool because I got to you know go on boats all over. But you know, going across the Atlantic is probably the coolest thing, you know, uh, and and that you know one of the coolest things I did. Well, there's Bernstein, right? Mm-hmm. And he's lecturing on the ship. And he said that journalism is the best obtainable version of the truth. And I use that as my, and my mantra. You know, that's what my job is when I'm working a, a murder case and, and investigating. Um, you know, it, it, that's, and the same thing actually applies. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on something. My next book is actually going to be a, a book about a dreamer who became an American legend. But I, I'm not revealing anything more than that. Okay? But I can tell you that it's the same situation when you're doing history as when you're writing history as when you're writing when I'm writing true crime, you're just going for the best attainable version of the truth. And you know the funny thing about it? <laughs> you, you know, you find people, sources that you're looking for, you know, about historical people, characters, call them anything you want. 
then you suddenly have to decide whether the source has any credence. And then when you start thinking about that, you go, wait a second. If th what this guy said over here is not right, then people have been believing something all along that's incorrect. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> you know, yeah. about, about our history. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I can't comment on others, but I can certainly comment on American history. Oh, I think it's that um, way everywhere. I think it's that way everywhere. And and the the concerning thing nowadays is right now people have this, uh, you know, I just want to scream at them when they say, uh, you know, fake news or um, they want to get into this, um, you know, they, the mainstream media and all. It's like this big collusion. And it's like, well, come on. Look, um, I'm, I'm for freedom and freedom of press. And I, I really believe in New York Times, Washington Post, Washington Times, you know, the conservative papers and the, the um, liberal papers, because they have the resources, they have the uh, people out there reporting, doing the research that we can't do. So it's important to keep that going. And yeah, they'll mess up. But the thing is, it's, it's I'd rather trust them or an author such as yourself rather than someone on the Internet sending me something over YouTube. You know, yeah, that's it, true. It, it, so, and again, that, that yeah, I agree. And um, it's funny again. You, you're 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 saying YouTube, and I'm. I, I was I was. I, no, you, you know how they have the ads now on YouTube. You know, unless you get some ad blocker or something. Yeah. Well, all all of a sudden, I start seeing the president of the United States coming on, exhorting me to sign something against the media. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> no, and that's my, my biggest problem with the president. But not only that, just a lot of mainstream that's kind of, they've got this idea that, okay, there's good and bad, and these people are all bad, and they're all planning, and they just tell you what they yeah. want. The thing is, yeah, there's opinion in New York Times that's liberal, just like there's opinion in, in the Post and, and the Washington Times that, that, that will be Republican. or You know, so just put the opinion aside, but news is news. You, someone gets shot, earthquake happens here, it happens. It, you know, it, the opinion is opinion. And uh, if anything, I, yeah, maybe it's a little too political with stuff like CNN and Fox and stuff. But we, uh, we well, need... Well, I, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't put CNN there. I, I, MSNBC. You know, I miss, you well, know? I, I, miss the, I miss the fact that we don't have a national news channel that's just reporting news. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's, it's just 24-hour politics now. And, or at least one that you can trust. Well, you because, know, I, because I, we have been taught to distrust so much mm -hmm. that that now we're all contaminated. I mean, you could have the most <laughs> honest news network on the planet, and nobody's going to mm -hmm. trust it. Well, I do. I'm going back to reality, and I'm and I'm and I'm going to trust something unless they give me a reason not to. And I'm not, I'm not going by opinion or opinion show. So you have. Hannity on a show, or if you have, uh, um, you know, Chris Matthews or whatever, whoever you're listening to, that's their opinion of stuff. But when someone reports news, it's news, mm. and that's what I'm going to go with. Same as in the papers, because they seem to be the most reliable. And don't and and people cannot tell me if the New York Times reported something wrong, that they wouldn't get their ass sued. 
because they would. Oh. But the guy in the basement in his pajamas reporting on YouTube can say what he wants, and he's not getting in any trouble. So that's oh, the Oh, th that's absolutely true, because the guy in the basement on YouTube doesn't probably doesn't have the libel insurance where it's worth it for the, the individual who feels liable to sue him or her. Okay. Yeah. And I agree with you. Everything you're saying about, you know, the New York Times. And I, I actually started out after graduate school uh, in, the, in the previous millennium. Um, I was a, 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 a columnist for the arts and leisure section of the New York Times. I wrote the camera column. And <laughs> I, I've often said that every, I've been working my way down ever since. Yeah. You know, because, you, you, you know, once you work for the New York Times and, you know, it was freelance work. But the one thing I'll tell you is they paid on time. The checks didn't bounce. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, the, you know, uh, people I work with there were very nice, very professional, you know, and, um, you for know, the young listeners. For the young listeners, a camera was a little box, and they it would you stand for a half hour, and you do a click. And this was the 1800s, and and that's when they had the printing press, you know, ching 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 ching, and you have to keep. This is this is the way we used to do it, okay? So just yes. it wasn't yes. just your phone. Back when well, back when Ginsburg was brought into the Supreme Court. Yeah, oh, you leave that poor nice lady alone. <laughs> you leave my girl alone. <laughs> well, you know, and that's that's you know, it brings us back to the point of the people that write in about the authors, like such as yourself, Red, who come yeah. on the show that you spend the time. You go, you see, because I'm I'm trying to get people to understand when you write a book, and you mm -hmm. you actually get the the police files, you get the court transcripts, right, right. you go and you meet people, you call people, you talk to people involved, you talk to them, you know, you get letters from the killer, let's say, or something, just things I've gone through. And I look at, at that, and that's that's real research, and you're putting out something that's real. It's a, so to challenge a writer that we've had on that's done this, mm -hmm. you have to have something important. You can't just be flipping around like they send me pictures of something, you know, look, he was with a guy. Oh, no. And it's yeah. like, well, what does that what, mean? Yeah, what do oh, you no. bring what, to what, the what, table? Oh, great. Uh, great question. Uh, and I'll give you an example because I was just looking at a book that I wrote called Blood Crimes. And what I brought to the table on that one was that it was a book about these skinhead brothers who killed their parents and their brother in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I went out there to investigate, and, I, you know, I was curious about the whole thing. Well, the brothers originally, were, they were raised as Jehovah's Witnesses, and they rebelled and became skinheads for various reasons, et cetera, et cetera. Not, I'm not, there's no causal relationship there. It had a lot to do with the, how the parents treated the the kids as well, okay? Yeah. But what I'm getting at, what I did on that case was I really dug, and there was a, a cousin. One of their cousins was involved. And um, I got, I, you know, I talked to all the attorneys, and I got very friendly with a guy named Richard McCool, 
very nice man, and uh, I remember that he actually invited me to a, a, a like a cookout. You know, I mean, it was, you know, it was, he showed me a lot of what he, you know, courtesy, and he was representing. And what was interesting was he was representing the cousin who was would eventually make a deal. For, to, uh, for first degree murder, and at that time they had the death penalty and they took it off the table, okay? But he got, got life in jail, but this guy was very, very upset that he couldn't plead him out because he didn't think he'd done it. And I got that in. You know, the point being that I wanted the reader to understand that... There were no absolute truths in the case, except for three people being dead. Okay, you know, and then who's responsible? And then you got to take a look at the evidence and so forth. And then, you know, it's it's going through a voluminous amount of, of stuff. And then, of course, doing interviews with individuals involved. Oh, involved. But I got to tell you one thing, uh, Kevin. You're gonna like this. There was a guy. You're gonna like this. There was a guy. Al, you're going to like this, too, but you'll see why I said Kevin first. <laughs> there was a guy who was a, uh, okay, these guys, after they killed the, the parents and the, and the brother, they got in the car from Pennsylvania and they drove up to Detroit because it was, at that point, a, a place with a lot of white supremacists. And they had a friend who lived in one of the suburbs, and they got together with this friend. Okay, and then eventually that's when the cops got him. Why do I mention it? Well, the friend testified at the trial. Oh, a skinhead. And I go up to the guy afterwards when he's walking out, and I start talking to him. He says, I, you know, he says, I need a lift to the uh, airport. He says, can you give me a lift? I said, sure. And I'm thinking to myself, do I tell him I'm Jewish? <laughs> do I tell him I'm Jewish? And I said, no. I said, You're be, be a reporter. Be objective about it. Okay. And, that, and what happened was, in talking to the guy, he gave me all this in being you know, open with him and he gave me all this information about this skinhead movement I never could have gotten even on the net. You know, he gave me the inside stuff. Yeah. But but you see, that's what you're talking about when you talk about journalism. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's putting yourself out when you're really doing the job, especially with something involving people's lives you know, like murder investigations and so forth, you know. And there, there's a huge uh, but, difference when you meet people, too, and, and when you talk to them and you get the feeling for ooh, what was going on, right? It's not just something you see on a uh, some article, you know, it's, it's, it's different. Oh, God, you, you just pointed something out that's so, that's, oh, yeah, I, I you know, I can think so many times. Oh my God! I my God! When I interviewed, you know, it was my 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 uh, my my first big case was Lobster Boy, where I interviewed the lobster family, the, the lobster family, you know, and I had to interview <laughs> these people, 
And I'm sitting there with all these carny freaks. That's their term, folks, not mine. Okay? <laughs> and, and you know, it, it's exactly what we're talking about. Oh, I, oh, I, I still, I'll never forget this. The dwarf was on oxygen. So he takes out a, a, a cigarette and he's going to light up. And I go, you think that's a good idea? Uh, and he looks at me and he says, nah, probably not. Lights it up anyway. For a couple of reason, it, reasons. If he lights on fire, you're feeding the fire. Or I don't know if I should be mad that he's on oxygen and smoking. And you want to know something as I'm talking to you now? There, there's the difference. If I was writing that book today, I would put that anecdote in. I didn't put it in. You know, because you try to stay out. You know, usually you're taught as a journalist not to get involved. You know, don't write in first person. But the fact is, some of our best investigative journalism is first person stuff. You know, and that's the other reason why, by the way, it's so difficult to get to the bottom of any story. Investigative journalism costs a lot of money because it's not like the reporter is going out and he's going to come back with the story. He's got to stay on it for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that costs money. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, whether it's a newspaper, you know, a website, whatever, you know, you know, it, it, it might be. Yeah. Well, it's because things, things change. They evolve so fast that you've got to be there when it does, or it's not a complete story. Jesus, isn't that, you know, I, it, 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 it's, oh, <laughs> think about it. Everything is instant. You know, that's one, that's one of the big problems, of course, is since every, you know, you, the, the stuff gets reported initially and then some details turn out to be wrong. You know, uh, it, 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 there isn't, there isn't as much of a filter, you know, which is why I always prefer working with a good editor for that reason. Yeah. But oh, yeah. It's, it's not the same today. You know, as it was 20 years ago, I mean, the publishing business has certainly changed radically. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's changed radically. And, um, and, you know, we're talking about technology. Well, first off, did I ever in my life think that film would be obsolete? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. You know, yeah. would you, would you, look at where we're living, folks. Yeah, you know, because it, 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 Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. I mean, because because Fred, um, b before the show, uh, me and Al was was chatting off air that you know I, I was joking that you know whenever certain publications get facts wrong, you know they don't really admit it. They admit it, but it's on page six. But you know I, I say that in jest because things move. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So fast that you have to report it as it happens. But things evolve. They change. Mm. No, I, 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 I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you. And, um, you know, having, look, the last thing anybody wants to do is a retraction <clears throat> on a story. I mean, that's the last thing you ever want to do. Uh, but I, I have to say that when, you know, I, I, earlier, Al, when you mentioned the Washington Post, you know, and, and the Times, and I made, you know, I told you my anecdote, but the fact is, I rely on those papers, or now the website, for, you know, information uh, that I know is going to be properly sourced. It's not to say there aren't, you know, others, you know, but it's just that I happen to rely on those. You know, and um, and what you say, you know, also, but but you see, the whole idea of people saying that there is a conspiracy, a political conspiracy here, this that's all garbage. You know, in terms of coverage, I mean, if there's one 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 thing you can always say, uh, it's the idea of these are all money making businesses. Okay, 
that's what they care about more than, you know, not necessarily more than anything else, but there's a bottom line there. But in terms of distorting, the, uh, changing the truth, uh-uh. No, because the fact is, especially with any media outlet, they can be sued in a heartbeat, you know, yeah. for libel. Yeah, and you this know, is Fred from the deep state telling us this. So this is this is the real <laughs> yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, in the deep state, man. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm in Florida, and I I I, I have to tell you that it's a whole other ball game when you come down to visit, but then when you wind up living someplace. I had no idea <laughs> what the politics were going to be about. Talk about deep state, okay? I, 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 I mean, the, 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 the uh, I just had no idea what it was going to be about, you know. And uh, it's it's been an education. It's really, really been an education. So what's the difference? You're part of the deep state. So uh, between <laughs> deep state and Illuminati, like what? Is, what like are, are oh, you guys just deep state and Illuminati? Uh, yeah. uh, Illuminati. You're what, asking the wrong guy. Wait a second. Wait a second. Deep state would be Richard Belzer. Uh, yeah. uh, hey, I like I like that guy. Leave him alone. Oh, I love him. Well, he's a guy you should have on because he's 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 into conspiracies. It's for real. You know. Yeah. And he does, he does excellent work. I mean, just my opinion. Um, real quick story, and I, I don't mean to interrupt, but, but this is kind of important. Um, I was actually on a deployment in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and I was given one of the most boring stations for about two weeks. And I got an audio book, and it was Richard Belzer's book. And oh, I was shit. like, holy smokes. This is freaking awesome. That book got me through a, a deployment. Wow. You got Must... you should get him on air and tell him that story. I would love and to. I... That's a great idea. Well, he look and he's you know, he he retired from acting. You know, he's he's off SVU, you know, and uh and and his character was a total believer in conspiracies. I mean, the guy sh the character of, of John Munch showed up on the X Files. A <laughs> <laughs> true story. He's he's been uh, across what three shows now? Because wasn't he in Baltimore, then SVU, and then you know he did a couple of little you know cameos on X Files. That's right. Yeah, he, he's he's played the he's played the character uh, in more TV series than anybody has ever played a character in. Uh, and yes, you know, he goes from, you know, homicide life on the street to Baltimore to, um, SVU in New York. And then in between, he does these other shows. I think he, you know, he did, like I said, he plays Munch on, uh, The X Files, and I think he did it someplace else, too. So. Wasn't he the guy on Sean on Now or whatever that? <laughs> no. Wasn't he? Wow. No, that Al, I don't know. He took, that's Bowser. Bowser. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh there you man, go. I don't want to buy in. I don't want to buy into the deep state, but this is a this is a rich vein deep right here. State. Do you know? I love the. I love. I love this whole. I guess I should take it a little bit more seriously, but I love when people use that expression. I'm going. Ooh, where is this state? 
you know, it's it's like it's like it's like uh, when I, I lived in upstate New York. It's the only place I ever encountered uh, blatant anti-Semitism, and I'm talking about the last twenty years. Okay. Yeah. And and I, I was in I was in a bar having a drink, and a guy a guy says to me, he says, you know, we talk about dollars and cents, and he says to me, he says, he says, you, you know, he says you're the only Jewish guy I know who doesn't have money. And I turned <laughs> to him and I said, I said, I said, well, you know what? I never got the memo. <laughs> you know, I never got the memo. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I, I mean, well, you know, and that doesn't have to be that long ago. Look, now we're dealing with that, that um, what is he, senator or whatever, or congressman or governor that did blackface oh, in the 80s. Well, we, and we're not even sure whether the guy was blackface. It's, it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's a very, yeah. here's the interesting one about that. What's interesting is, is first, he claimed that he didn't, he was he was neither individual. He was he wasn't sure which one he was. Then he said it, it's not him. Okay, right. But it's been on his yearbook page for thirty years. <laughs> right, and that's Excuse what blows me? my mind. You know, okay, I I have forgotten a lot of stupid crap that I have done in high school. But if somebody said, hey, Kevin, you remember that time that you did this, this, and this? Well, I might have or I might not have. I don't recall. No, you're going to remember. Either you did it or you didn't. I, I don't get it. Other than, here's the conspiracy. They're using all of this as a distraction from the abortion bills that are going on. Oh, 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 oh. Hard to Boy, say. Boy, now you're... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. But you see, now you're getting into something which does, has has been covered, but not nearly like this guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's... it's And, 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 and the, the situation... You know, and again, the situation here is, sure, you know, I prob you know, probably... I mean, it seems to me the right thing to do would be to withdraw, but at the same time, you know, you, what are they going to do? Impeach him? You can't impeach somebody for for something they they did when they were in college. And, and that's what you doesn't know. make sense. I mean, here on this show, we're not going to speak towards abortion, but are you okay? We've all, all of us, you know, all three of us, you know, intelligent people sitting around a coffee table right now talking. We're we've all done really stupid stuff in our past. Why should we I, apologize and, and impeach or resign? You know, we did stupid stuff and we've evolved. We've gotten past it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't get why I need to be held responsible for the fact that I streaked down the street. You know, when I was sixteen. Oh boy! Well, <laughs> no, that one we're going to hold you responsible for. <laughs> no, are you saying I'm unattractive? But <laughs> no, but I mean, well, it, we all did really stupid stuff, and why can't we? See, I, you know, mm -hmm. I don't get it. I, I go ahead, Fred. Well, no, I, no, no, no. I, I, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm thinking about the same thing. The difference, of course, is that this guy is in that position 
where he's, you know, the governor of the state. But at the same time, the argument he's going to make is, I'm not that, whatever happened back then happened back then, I'm not that guy. So, you know what, if we're actually going to look at this purely objectively, okay, not only about what happened, you know, with that picture, what's this guy's record? What's the guy's record? And I, I can't comment on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think what we're really saying here is everybody deserves a defense, you know, yeah. and and I don't, you know, and, and, and lynching somebody is, 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 you know, even figuratively is the wrong thing to do. That's what those of us in the deep state believe. The, the only thing that, <laughs> that, that I'm confused about is that this happened in the 80s, and I just couldn't imagine. I was in college in the 80s, and I couldn't imagine... Um, going to college and saying, "Hey, let's do a, a, a blackface or uh, with KKK and do that for an event or a party or whatever in the '80s." Mm-hmm. That's that's what seems to be weird to me. Like it just seems, I've, I'm not holding anything against them. I'm just saying that it seems strange. Oh well, it, it does. It does. You know what? It you, you're now you're being very objective, which is okay. In the 80s, in Virginia, somebody's doing this. What yeah. the heck is that about? I mean, you know, we're post-civil rights era, you know, and it, it but it does, you know, it does, it, you know, the more you talk the, about it, the more it sounds the stupid Well, plus thing. the big thing is they actually posted it in their, in their, in your school book. So they were, they were proud of it or they accepted it. It was okay behavior. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know, but in, in University of Washington stuff, where I went to college and university, that wasn't okay behavior, and we didn't post it in our yearbooks. Like, I just, that's all I'm saying, because I was around in the No, you, you know what? Yeah, but I totally agree with you. And, you know, the, look, what, what are we really saying here? What we're saying here is, Racism is a part, has been a part of the national fabric. Yes. The founding fathers knew exactly what they were doing, they, and they had to make a deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, they couldn't get rid of slavery and at the same time establish our government. So John Adams gave in. He had to. Well, okay. You know, it, it, but now, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're in a situation also, and you guys know this, that bias crimes are up in the last two years. Yeah. Okay. They're up. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making it up. The Southern Poverty Law Center talks about this. So, you know, whatever it is, there's something in our culture, and I, you know, I, and it's something, one of the things that was, I've been able to get into in this new book, which I'll eventually talk to you about, is <laughs> the, the history of immigration in our country. Ain't nothing new, by the way. You know, banning immigrants of one sort or another, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll even tell you this. I, I, I was shocked when I saw it, when I found this out. Did you guys ever hear of something during the Eisenhower administration called Operation Wetback? No, I didn't. 
I never heard of it. And we'll get this. Under Eisenhower, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, or whatever they call themselves then, they went around the country rounding up people of Hispanic origin, figuring they were all Mexican illegals, and dumped them across the border, and in that group were American citizens. When I read that, I went, gee, nothing new. <laughs> you know, nothing yeah. new. Yeah, it just seems to be part of part of uh, part of what it is in in society. I, I you know. Um, so let's let's talk about now. Your your last book is that you wrote. Well, uh, the last book that I wrote that, that's out is uh, Bayou Strangler. Uh, which which I, I talked about on the show, which is uh, uh, about um, uh, a serial killer who uh, killed 23 men, mostly gay, in um, uh, in Louisiana, and um, it's it you know it was it was quite a quite a that was quite something when I went down there and. <laughs> The, 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 the police officer on the case, uh, the detective, she took me to all of the dump sites. You know, I gotta tell you, it, 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 it uh, I'll be on, it's upsetting. I'm being very honest. You know, I mean, you know, it's like when I say, you know, it's, you get the vibes, okay? I mean, sure, I'm objective in reporting about it, but when you know that, uh, Bodies dumped over here and so forth. And I actually went into the guy's van where he killed these people. Uh, not van, what do you call it? The uh, 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 trailer. Trailer. Uh, and I'll never forget that because, you know, you go into, you're going into, into, the, into the trailer of a serial killer, right? So you're expecting like, oh, you know, you know, you're expecting Jeffrey Dahmer. You, you know, there's going to be a gun over here, you know, whatever. It's, <laughs> There's nothing. Of course, they'd already combed through it. But what I got to kick out of it is there was this, this baseball, and I'm going, "Oh my God, was this guy a baseball fan? <laughs> the bad guy?" <laughs> yeah, they're just they're human, and you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh. I mean, it, 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 exactly. You know, but it was a, it was it was a very instructive book because. I, I actually became, uh, subsequent to my I'm talking with you about it, the first victim, his employer wound up contacting me. She, I guess she, she, I don't know, she read the book. I don't remember how she found out but, that I'd written the book, but she found out. And, you know, we got to talking. And what was interesting was she was telling me, and I did a short, a short piece for the lineup on it, in which she talked about what the guy was like and, you know, was able to personalize a victim of a serial killer, you know, because that's a very hard thing to do. You get as much information as you can, but, you know, it, it, it's just very, you know, when you're dealing with 23 people, you know, you're, you're, you can't, you know, getting information might seem like it's on them, might seem like it's easy, but it's not really because people don't want to talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And yeah. and then you know, and then you know, it's it's. I mean, I'm I'm. If there's something you know, an interesting detail, I'll sure I'll push. But if somebody doesn't want to talk, I always respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to, right? You, um, uh, well, yeah. You, yeah. You want to do the best story you can, but you know, you you, you don't want to impede on people too much. Right. Right. You know, you don't want them to feel really crappy after they've been interviewed by you. But well, sometimes it, it exactly. Can't help it. Yeah, because exactly. if, if if you push it too hard, it's almost like you're doxing them. You're bringing attention to mm-hmm. them when they really don't want it, but they want to share information with you. I mean, does, does right. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough balance to get the story out, but at the same time, be sensitive to the people that are still alive. It's, Precisely. You know, Precisely. It's, it's tough because, they, you know, they, they want to see it in a certain light. And they want to be, um, they want the story about the victim brought out in a certain light. But um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to tell the truth, and sometimes it, it's not the light that they want to see. It's it's really tough, really tough, you know. And the world today, everybody wants to pick apart everyone. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you bring up someone and they're a victim, and all of a sudden it's like, well. They're not really a victim. They were doing this and doing that, and they lived here, and their mother was this. And it's kind of like, you know, it kind of gets to a point where then I guess everybody deserves it, you know? (laughs) know, It's a tough one, really tough. Now, do you have your own website now, Fred? I believe you do. Yes, I have my own website, fredrosen.net. Wow. You're moving up in the world. I thought you were going down ever since New York Times in 1800. Well, well, he's, deep, he's well, deep state. Well, I did. I, I, and not only that, I decided I really what I really wanted to do, and you got to be a certain age to get this, uh, folks. Uh, but uh, I'm really dating myself. But what the hell? You know, I wanted to, I wanted it to say, "Have justice will travel," and I did actually. <laughs> I, I put it down. And, uh, and then it's, and my, my, when, if you want to get in touch with me, what you do is you, you, you send me an, an email there and say, and it's wirepaladin at fredrosen.net. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's funny because I used that. I had that on my, uh, page. I put have gun will travel. And I don't. But Oh, there you go. Yeah. And you know what? And nobody knows it. And then all of a sudden, one person out of a thousand will say, oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's like, exactly exactly yeah time yeah. flies well well fred yeah. we're out of time what we've done is we're going to put okay. your books and your website on our website we want everybody to go there if they've enjoyed listening to you they they will enjoy your books you're one of the best out there with true crime true crime's hot right now so people go to fredrosen.net or go to our website and it's one click away well, I'm, I'm going to go to your website. And, I, look, I want to thank you and Kevin for your time and, uh, for your, quite frankly, for your moral and ethical leadership. And I mean it. it might, oh, yeah, oh. I mean it. Well, you're talking about me, not you Kevin. Know? Kevin's running down yeah. the road naked, remember? So in blackface. <laughs> hey, but, but you, can't, you can't hold me accountable. That was in my teens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was in the okay, 70s. No. Okay. Thank you, Fred. All right, thank you guys. Take care of yourselves, okay? 
To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.